My name is Montague William III, and what I will tell you may well sound absurd. But the less who believe it, the better for me. For you see, I'm in banking and big industry. For many a year, we have controlled your lives, while you all just struggle and suffer in strife. We created the things that you really don't need, your sports cars and fashions and plasma TVs. I remember it clearly, how all this began. Family secrets from father to son. Inherited knowledge that gives me the edge, while you people lie sleeping at night in your beds. We control the money that controls your lives, while you worship false idols and wouldn't think twice of selling your souls for a place in the sun. These things that just won't matter when your time is done. But as long as they're there to control the masses, I just sit back and consider my assets safe in the knowledge that I have it all, while you common people are losing your jobs. You see, I just hold you in utter contempt, but the smile on my face, well, it makes me exempt. For I have the weapon of global TV, which gives us connection and invites empathy. You would really believe that we look out for you, while we bankers and brokers are only a few. But if you saw that, then you'd take back the power, hence daily terrors to make you all cower. The panics, the crashes, the wars and the illness that keep you from finding your spiritual wholeness. We rig the game and we buy out both sides to keep you enslaved in your pitiful lives. So, go out and work as your body clock fades and when it's all over, a few years from the grave, you'll look back on all this and just then you'll see that your life was nothing, a mere fantasy. There are very few things that we don't now control. To have lawyers and police force was always a goal. Doing our bidding as you march on the street, but they never realise they're only just sheep. For real power resides in the hands of a few. You voted for parties, what more could you do? But what you don't know is they're one and the same. Old Gordon has passed, good old David the reigns. And you'll follow the leader who was put there by you but your blood, it runs red, while our blood 
runs blue. But you simply don't see it's all part of the game. Another distraction, like money and fame. Get ready for wars in the name of the free. Vaccinations for illness, that will never be. The assault on your children's impressionable minds and a microchipped world. You'll put up no fight. Information suppression will keep you in tow. Depopulation of peasants was always our goal. But eugenics was not what we hoped it would be. Oh yes, it was us that funded Nazis. But as long as we own all the media too, what's really happening does not concern you. So just go on, watching your plasma TV, and the world will be run by the ones you can't see. Good morning, good evening, good afternoon, wherever you are in the world. I'm Sam. I am. Welcome to the Lifeboat live stream. Okay, tonight, as you guys know, we have a very special guest. Dr. Mary Bowden is joining us from her home in Houston. Uh, Mary does something a little different. Uh, Mary, welcome to the show, first off. Thank you for taking the time out to join us. Thank you for having me. Okay. So we were kind of chatting before, like, how do we kick this thing off? Where do we want to go? I, I really see the hospital system and like healthcare just tearing itself apart over this whole COVID issue. I mean, they seem to be abandoning science and reason in a lot of ways, uh, ignoring their Hippocratic oath. And I think they're in the process destroying a century's worth of trust that's been built up over time. And it's it's a shame to me to watch it kind of unfold and see them going after uh, you know, doctors who stand up and I know you, you work with the frontline doctors. That's an organization that I've followed quite closely. Um, and at the same time, you know, I was talking in the last show about how there are solutions out there. There are clinics out there uh, who are the solution. And I think you're one of those. And I, I think you're going to be kind of what's left in the wake of of what's coming, of the backlash, and people are going to be seeking alternatives. So would you take a few minutes and like talk about what you do? I know you work with you know everything from breathing to sleep to COVID. Uh, give, give everybody an idea of who you are and what you do at your clinic. So I uh, am a ENT and sleep medicine physician in Houston, and I... I had worked at a little private practice for a while, um, about eight years. Then I took time off because I have four boys and I wasn't even sure I was going to go back. But then when I decided, yeah, I want to go back, I was like, I want to do it my way. 
I want to be, I don't want to be beholden to a hospital. I do not want to be beholden to insurance companies. Mm-hmm. Um, and at the time I just thought it was financial. And what's interesting is with COVID, I mean, it's even more important now because I'm not beholden to anybody's way of doing medicine. You know, I'm allowed to prescribe ivermectin and I'm allowed to say what I think and not worry about losing my job. Um, so it's, um, it's, it's been a, basically so I started two years ago. Um, and then it was right before COVID hit and I was using this lab that, um, is very good at, uh, diagnosing chronic sinusitis patients. So I would do a swab and it would give me a genetic analysis of the bacteria living in people's sinuses. And they came up with this innovative way of testing for COVID, which was a saliva test. And I became involved in that early on. I mean, when they first, they first came out with it in April and we were one of the few areas in town that was offering the test. And for a while, like you couldn't get swabs. I don't know if you remember, there was a supply chain issue. Yeah. yeah. Lab core got way backed up and then we ran out of swabs and ran out of testing materials. And so I was able to keep testing people during that because of this saliva test. Mm-hmm. And there was a time when they were rationing who could get tested. I don't know if you remember that, but there was a time where you couldn't just go get tested. But I was able to circumvent that and offer testing to whoever wanted it. Um, so I just, my clinic kind of morphed into this COVID clinic just by that. And, you know, it, it was interesting. I, I couldn't believe how many doctor's offices shut down during the pandemic. Yes. That was bizarre like it's supposedly when you guys are needed most and people are like i'd rather go to the golf course and drink coffee and or whatever it's amazing such fear i don't know that they were just being lazy i think there was like true fear on most doctors part and um yeah so the covid thing it just it, it happened by i just kind of stumbled into it but now it's become my little world and so after testing, then we started doing monoclonal antibodies. And then um, I started to get interested in FLCCCs. Mm-hmm. So I, I basically followed their protocol. Okay. Um, and I, all along, I mean, even during the first wave, I was trying to figure out a way to keep people from going to the emergency room because, I, well, first of all, there was too many people going to the emergency room to begin with. But, you know, you hear these bad stories of people that go to the emergency room and it just does you know, they end up, they're just bad stories. Well, so I mean, have- we've talked, we've, we've covered, uh, there's another podcast, a lady that does a radio host, her husband uh, caught COVID, went to the hospital and she described this long ordeal that was just insanity. I mean, they, vitamin D, it's not in the CDC protocol. So no, you can't have any, sorry. And, and like she- she had to really be her own advocate and fight against the nurses who are following the CDC protocol, which I, I think is killing most of the people. I, I don't. It is bad. I mean, I have some horror stories. Like I have been involved in two lawsuits. One I couldn't be directly involved with because it was in Florida, but they uh-huh. had just called me and consulted me to talk to, and you know, I was following it closely. And um, healthy man got COVID, you know, he was a 
outstanding citizen type, you know, mm-hmm. just, he was a pastor, he was a good dad, a good father, and he uh, landed in the hospital, and they wouldn't give him ivermectin. They tried, you know, it's not like the family refused anything but ivermectin. They had tried everything. Yeah. And so they wanted to try ivermectin, and the hospital just outright refused, so they got a lawyer, and they went to court, and they had three different doctors prescribe this guy ivermectin you know, that weren't in the hospital system. They still wouldn't give it to him unless wow. somebody in the hospital would prescribe it. And unfortunately, the court refused to help or step in, and the, the patient died. And I'm involved in a, in a lawsuit now where I did testify, and this was a couple days ago, and this mm-hmm. is a patient in Texas near you. It's near Fort Worth. And father of six, he's he's on in the police force somehow. Um, not a, I think he's in his late forties. Not a lot of medical problems, and he's been in the ICU for three weeks. And we had a, you know, I testified. We seem to have won, but they said that I have to get hospital privileges at this hospital first, and then they'll let me administer. The ivermectin. And let me guess, they're uh, not going to give you privileges. Exactly. They're, they, <laughs> yeah. they were oh, uh, hey, we're not, we're not I disallowing am, it. Oh. I am not qualified, even though I mean, I've never had a lawsuit. I've never had any complaints or anything, but somehow I'm not qualified. Yeah. I'm not surprised yeah, so, at all to hear that. Yeah. It's just, it's, it, it's an out, it, it's like a, it's medicine has become this dogma that's dictated by these you know, the CDC and, and some of these organizations. And I think what people are fail, what the establishment healthcare workers, the system is failing to acknowledge is that these people are open to regulatory capture and to corruption and who knows what intelligence services might be forcing them to do. And they may not be carrying out the best interests of uh, the people because I see doctors like you, uh, from the frontline doctors share their success stories of treating COVID patients and they're knocking it out of the park against the hospitals. And it's like, why are they fighting this? What is going on here? Yeah, I had a, a friend of mine, her brother was in the hospital in Philadelphia mm-hmm. and she snuck ivermectin into him <laughs> through a Q-tip box. And she texted me, she's like, you saved his life. Like within hours, he yeah. had an appetite and he was discharged the next day. Yeah. And, but sneak it in, in a Q-tip box. Yeah. I mean. It's crazy. <laughs> it's crazy. Like we're trying to give him heroin or something. I mean, it's, and, well, it's, it, and I did, deep, <laughs> I did deep research into toxicity. I mean, mm-hmm. I looked at when ivermectin was cleared by the FDA, I looked at that data. I went to the FDA's website and looked at all that. And then I went and looked to see how many people had killed themselves by overdosing on ivermectin. And I think I could find one person. Okay. And yeah. you know, people tried to kill themselves with ivermectin and they can't. Okay. So, I mean, that's a pretty safe Good drug, safety protocol, you know? yeah. Or profile. Um, but, yeah, it's alarming. It's very so, alarming. So, yeah, you know, my uncle, he's... Uh, in his 70s he's losing his mobility that's declined a lot in the last three years he's had a broken neck from from a motorcycle accident when he was a kid and he caught covid and my mom calls me in a panic like i I think he needs to go to the hospital what do we need to do like she's a nurse uh and used to work at this hospital and some of the doctors are her friends but 
like she didn't know i'm like stay away from resveratrol that's kills half the patients that they put on it because they're putting you know putting their kidney into shutdown and flooding them with fluids and they're drowning in their own in their iv solution um and she asked about monoclonal antibodies i really didn't have a good answer there uh but you know we talked about ivermectin and some of the other things and i'm not sure what treatment plan they followed but what 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 kind of things are you doing for your patients when they come in and what's what's successful well, and i do think the monoclonal antibodies work okay like they it and monoclonal antibodies are different than the vaccine it's like taking a very specific antibiotic that will only kill covid so that's how i like to think about it it's like a, a antibiotic but it only kills covid whereas okay. any other antibiotic will kill lots of different bugs in your system so and we've been doing, we've probably treated 2,000 people with monoclonal antibodies and haven't seen any weird reactions and haven't seen any serious reactions. Most people actually, most people feel worse that night, but it's like a little war going on in their bodies. And then the next day they feel a lot better. Okay. So, um, and it, if people get it early, the, the, the key is get it early before it sets into your lungs. Mm-hmm. Uh, but even, you know, even though I don't, a lot of people were probably not saving their lives, but we're definitely shortening the duration of their symptoms. Yeah. Like people can tell a big difference. Okay. Not everybody, but it, it seems to be effective. Okay. And then ivermectin, I, I definitely think there's, there's good data. There's, I see good results. I have no qualms about the safety it's it's become expensive it used to not it used to not be expensive but now mm-hmm. it's gotten expensive. um and then there's there's a whole host of other things that that can be given if if those two measures aren't enough um i think vitamin d is big it's it's common now to do a we do vitamin d levels on people to see what mm-hmm. their levels are and it, it is surprising how many people are abnormally low in their vitamin deficient d. what do you recommend as a level like 67 nan what is it nanograms per milliliter yeah, at least 50, but yeah okay. 15 above is usually what i aim for but okay um yeah that so vitamin d and then i think another you know the all the other supplements when you all add them together are are worthy. The other interesting thing, and there's been some good media on this, is the antidepressants, um, mm-hmm. which have shown to have a protective effect. And they, it was kind of an anecdotal, anecdotal situation where in a, a mental hospital in Paris noticed that the patients were okay, but the doctors and nurses were all getting sick, but the patients weren't. And that's sort of how it became, you know, on the on the radar okay. as a possible treatment for COVID. So, and then the other one is testosterone. So men are much more likely to have serious uh, issues with COVID and they think that it has a lot to do with testosterone. So there's, they're giving testosterone blockers to help people um, that uh, have COVID, which is very interesting. So what, so that more is produced or less is produced? So high levels of testosterone uh-huh. can make you more likely to have a problem with COVID, like a serious oh, case. Oh, okay. That, so is it high? I wonder if it's hijacking that system or that's interesting. Um, yeah. So there are people who are 
taking this vaccine and then presenting with some of the very same symptoms as the disease, are you having, are you working with some of the vaccine injured and trying to help them mitigate some of the damage? Have you seen that yet? I have not seen anything serious. I've definitely heard people. Yeah. I'm on an EMT national forum. Mm -hmm. And so people sort of talk about stuff and I hear a lot on that forum, like, Ringing in the ears, sudden yes. hearing loss, palsy, shingles. It's all flying around there. Um, and then I've certainly heard through, I don't know if you watched that testimony, the the meeting maybe yesterday, the day before with the Senator Ron yeah, Johnson. Yeah, I did. That, that was eye-opening. I, mean, I, I watched some of the early TV ones TV. with... Uh, with Aubrey de Grey and some of the other uh, vaccine. We've been covering that for uh, over a year. The the stories are just horrific. I mean, there's a telegram group and that's really how I got started in this is I started looking through the stories of the vaccine injured and these patterns start emerging. And and I just start saying, I think this is what's happening to people. And I've kind of developed these hypotheses. I'm not a scientist doing studies, but the studies eventually come out and kind of tend to, point to what I'm saying you know and the one of them that I'm still kind of waiting I think these athletes and the people doing um a lot of cardio cardiovascular stuff they're dropping dead uh because of these spike proteins getting stirred up in their system and causing inflammation or some kind of immune system over response and I think they are the canaries in the coal mine for us for you know the some of the problems these guys are going to face and it's it's uh uh it's it's pretty horrific i don't know what what to do but i, I know i think there's going to be a lot of people looking for ways to kind of minimize the the damage that's maybe been done to them well yeah and i think this man these mandates it's going to it's all going to come to a head mhm yeah. it is i don't i think it's probably a good thing that the mandates are happening because it's causing people to really wake up and and not just passively accept all this. Right. And, and I and I'm seeing more of these doctors and nurses. I, I mean, we're seeing it with the airlines as well where they fired a bunch of them and now they're starting their own airlines with uh, you know, that's outside of the rules kind of like uh what you're doing. That's interesting. Yeah. So and that I mean, I think Go ahead. No, I was going to say maybe maybe two months ago, I wouldn't have talked about all this with you. I would have been, even though okay. I'm independent, it would have been, it would have been harder, I think. But yes. now I feel like people are getting more and more bold. I, I think people are realizing uh, kind of the danger that we're in and what they're trying to do to our society and the long-term implications of all of this contact tracing and uh, having... T- essentially we went through the executive order from Biden. One of, one of my guys called in and he's trying to, you know, work up some kind of exemption to keep his job and what he pointed out. And we read through the executive order. It's like, well, if the CDC comes in and changes the definition or something recommends something else, you're going to be required to get that too. And that's just, that's signing people up for medical tyranny. It's whatever they're, whatever they decide is the proper, sorry, go ahead. Does it, does it say that they just have to follow the CDC? Is that what, it, is that the gist of it? But rather than just, it's too broad? It was, I think it was like some, 
kind of generic language that says if they come along and recommend something else that uh, right. like booster shots or something along those lines for covid and like who knows what they're going to put under the covid umbrella because it's not like we these people are trustworthy and from what we've seen in the last year uh you'll be required to get that shot and it's the same in some of the other countries as well i mean israel they've they just changed the definition now you need the third booster now we're recommending the fourth one now but you'll need that eventually or we strip you we basically unplug you from society and you know we we were talking about this a little bit before the show i think this is a big change that's coming to the world um a lot of that rests on the power of the governments to print and coin money and uh i think we're heading into hyperinflation you know months ago i talked about uh one of the signposts is the rush to commodities where people realize everything's going to get more expensive more expensive more expensive so they go out and buy everything that's non-perishable and all that stuff empties from the shelves and now we're having all of these supply chain disruptions and those have ripple effects and so forth. And I, I think uh, as a, a, a casualty of this is going to be the U.S. dollar. They're going to try and push this whole CBDC thing, which they will tie into the medical tyranny because it basically gives the Federal Reserve access to your bank account. And if they want to tax you, they want to uh, just withdraw money right out of your account Oh, I'm, I'm sorry, Dr. Bowden, you're outside of your authorized um, zone, so you can't spend your money. It gives them total control over your money and over, you know, tie that in with the COVID passports or whatever, and now you can't earn a living. It really is, I think, a very um, ominous thing that people should be paying attention to. And so I, I, I thank you for taking the, having the courage to speak out because there's a lot of uh, doctors, nurses, and so forth that turn me down because they are not ready to kind of. Right. No, I mean, I have people attacking me on Twitter, let's saying, you know, you're doing criminal, you know, you're, you're a criminal, you're an evil quack. Um, you know, and I'm like. I am treating people the exact way I would treat one of my kids. I'm treating people the way I would treat any, any of my loved ones. You know, I'm not. Why do you, so I noticed you stay away from insurance. Uh, you're kind of a cash only. You believe in tri price transparency. Your prices are listed on your website. I went and looked at those. Um, you, you'll help people self-file with their insurance if they have it and want to use it. Why do you avoid that? Are there strings that come with with insurance billing as far as your practice goes? Well, it's a big, you, <laughs> I could see a patient today and I don't know if I'm either going to get, I, first of all, I don't know if I'm going to get reimbursed if, okay. I, if I take their insurance. I don't know. I may have to fight to get reimbursed. Okay. If I get reimbursed, it's probably not the same amount that I have agreed to get billed. It'll be unless I fight and then I probably won't get it for a couple months. Okay. So, yeah. Um, and there's, you know, even with patient care, like as an ENT, we, I don't know if you've ever been to an ENT, but there's a little camera that we can use to look in your nose. Okay. Which is very helpful. I mean, it's, that's sort of what we do. We need to look all the way into the nose. But yep. if a patient has insurance, there's a chance that they're going to get some big bill 
you know, if we code for that procedure, okay, they get insurance could say, oh, well, we're not going to pay for that. So you owe, I mean, $400. It doesn't, there's no way it should cost $400. So it used to always concern me when I'd see a patient in the clinic. I'm like, I really want to look in their nose with the camera, but I don't oh, know. You don't want to stick them with a $400 bill right. that insurance won't cover. Right. Okay. And so now I scope everybody. I mean, if they'll let me, <laughs> but yeah. you know, I will, and there's no extra fee. It's just part of the visit. And, and it just simplifies everything. Okay. Um, and we, the other thing. So when I, when COVID was first starting off, I went and got a, one of those prick antibody tests at a, at a neighboring clinic. Just mm-hmm. to kind of, yeah, I just wanted to see how they did it. I sat in my car. I talked to a, some sort of helper who, you know, did not seem like a trained professional. She pricked my skin and I said, Hey, I don't have insurance, but I'll just tell me how much I owe you. She's like, Oh, don't worry about it. You're a doctor. We won't, we won't charge you. Well, and I was there probably 15 minutes. Uh-huh. I got a bill in the mail for $2,500, which what crazy. Yeah. I mean, that's in people think, oh, well, if you have insurance, it's free, but it's all, it's costing all of us. It does. Yeah. It's not free. I mean, I want to tell you, we, we, I mentioned this before. I go and work the hurricanes with my brother and we go in and, you know, we document. I I go in with a 3D camera and map the space and I have 360 cameras that I go in and document all the equipment that's out. And it's for exactly that reason. We have to take, turn that into a 3d model, put it in their insurance billing, add all the proper codes for the procedures that we did. We get paid really, really great money, but it comes months later. And sometimes Brooks has to argue with them. And, you know, he actually, he had a franchise, one of the big uh, restoration companies in the U S and they kicked him off because he was forcing the insurance to pay what he was owed. And they wanted him to, you know, not do some certain things. That's when I was kind of asking about the, the strings attached. And he, right. he, he sold his franchise. He's like, I'm done. I'm going back to being independent. You know, it's just, it, it, it's a completely different world. And when you go and quote a, a paint, you know, a job to paint an apartment or something in the, you know, when it's a customer that's paying for it versus when it's insurance, it's night and day difference in, in what we get paid. And so it's a broken system. Yeah, it's a dark cloud over your shoulder as a doctor because you're not sure if the patient's going to get billed for it or how it's all going to work. And they, they're incentivizing you to give less care by making it so uncertain if you're going to get. Yeah, I see. And that's what you're talking about with the scope. It makes perfect sense. Yeah. yeah. Okay. They want you to question whether you really need to do it. Okay. Now, I don't know how much you can talk about this, but it's in your bio, you're doing some work at a hospital. It's, it's a private practice, but kind of studying COVID, you don't have results yet, but can you maybe mention what you're doing, what you're looking for kind of? Yeah, it's more, it's looking at loss of smell and taste and whether monoclonal antibodies have any effect in speeding up the recovery process. Okay. If you get COVID, you lose your smell and taste. If you've had monoclonal antibodies, does that speed up your recovery? Okay. That's, that's, there are a couple other 
offshoots from that, but that's the main one. Have you seen the thing about frying a grapefruit in the pan and then mixing it with brown sugar and eating it? No. Okay. Yeah. It's a, this is uh, supposedly, and some of the people in my audience, there's, there's videos out there like on BitChute. You take, I, I'm okay. pretty sure it was a grapefruit and you cook it like black inside of a pan and then uh, okay. in a frying pan on the stove. And then you peel it open while it's still hot, scrape the insides out into a bowl or whatever. And then I think you add like one part brown sugar, mix it up and eat it and people's taste comes back. Sometimes right away, sometimes after a few times of doing it, but it's, uh, I don't know what the chemical, you know, things have processes are in there, but might be something you want to look at. You want to take a question from, from the audience. Okay. Uh, and if you need to go at any time, I know you got a busy family life there at home. I appreciate you taking the evening out. Uh, I think we had somebody hold on. Yeah. Daniel. Welcome to the show. Do you have a question? No, I have my story. I'm dealing with COVID right now. So I think it's an interesting story that I can um, tell you what's going on. And and then, you know, I don't know. Okay. okay Just give yeah. me a few minutes and I'll... Hmm? Okay, I Sam. First of all, I'm your neighbor. I live in Pascolina. We're, we live very... I live very close from you. Okay, okay? great. Okay, I work in a big hotel in Dallas, <clears throat> and uh, we had an outbreak, you know, of COVID, and uh, I have real COVID. I don't, I don't smell anything, no even colognes, perfumes that I hate, and I don't taste anything. Like, I love uh, salty steaks, and salt tastes terrible, gross, so I can't eat anything with salt. Cheese, ta- cheese tastes terrible, so it is COVID for real. Okay. Okay. Besides, I got the taste and I'm positive. So, mm-hmm. and I have uh, dealing and, and I have a back pain, which is uh, the viral uh, pneumonia. The doctor said. So okay. So here's the story. Uh, first of all, we um, the person that started the the outbreak at the hotel is a vaccinated person, which I told so many other people like. A lot of people in my hotel, they, need, they didn't want to hang out with me because I'm not vaccinated. And I explained several times, vaccinated people, they are spreading virus the same as the unvaccinated. Mm-hmm. So now nobody says anything. So the person who started is a vaccinated person. Then the mask, we wear masks all day. You know, people that we have about nine people now, they're sick. Okay. So the same, it didn't work. Then... <clears throat> Um, then we have a friend that went to um, that went to um, he's unvaccinated also he went to Mexico and he purchased ivermectin Uh okay in Mexico a bunch of them like a hundred dollars I don't know so um, so he gave us to me and another uh, lady that we are both unvaccinated. So to be honest, um, he helped me like the first day he helped me. I could see some difference. And uh, the second day, the same, he gave me some difference. But as being, um, I'm still like having a lot of bad symptoms. So 
in my case, maybe it would have been a lot worse. I can't say that, oh, it was a miracle. Okay, I can't say it, to be honest. But maybe I, I, I could be a, a lot worse. My friend, <clears throat> the lady that she's about my age, about 45, she was really bad. She had back pains, kidney pain. She was almost crying. She thought she had to go to the hospital. She took the first doses, which is, uh, I'm about 167 pounds, so I took 15 grams. She took like 12 grams. The first day when I talked to her, she said like nothing. She's the same, not different. Yeah. The second day, 48 hours, she's ready to go. She's perfect. She's, yeah. she that cannot was, believe it. That was my experience she, as well. Yeah. She cannot believe it. That's not me. I mean, honestly, that's not my case. I wish it would have been. I thought that was going to be my case. But she's doing great. She's ready. She even went and she tested negative. And she has done two tests and it's negative. So she's like, no, this is wrong. And I'm like, no, when I've been reading, when I've been reading, it says like in 48 hours, you can, you can test it uh, negative. So it is possible. My case has been different. I think bad luck, maybe it doesn't work for everyone, but I think it's worth it to try. Uh, I think your case so, is too low. Oh, then, hold on one second, uh, Daniel. Go ahead. Okay, so... No, no hmm, Daniel, hold on one sec. Go ahead, Mary. Sorry. <laughs> Daniel, I think your dose is too low. You're taking, you're taking 15 milligrams because I think you're, you need to double that for your weight. Okay. Okay, I will. Yeah. I've taken... I've taken I, I took two days, 15 milligrams, and then uh, the third day I took like... Uh, 1821, 21, okay? Which is still so, probably a little low. Yes. So then um, I went to the doctor because I had a back pain and I was concerned for that. Um, I mean, honestly, it hasn't been terrible, but it hasn't been like easy, like it helped me a lot, whatever. So I went to the hospital. I went to a clinic, uh, Baylor Care Clinic, something like that. So I saw the doctor. It was positive, whatever. So I start asking questions, whatever, and I ask about ivermectin, and the the doctor said, "Oh no, that's for horses." And I'm and then I'm like, I mean, and I say, you know, yeah, and I say, I understand that you can say that maybe it doesn't work because your experience as for some people doesn't work. I get it, but it's not for horses. I say because I took it when I was little. Mm -hmm. Oh, yeah, but maybe in another country, but not in this country. And I'm like, I mean, even doctors are spreading misinformation. Like, I understand somebody can tell me I took it, doesn't work, you know. And then another friend got COVID also, and he asked to the doctor. And the doctor said, oh, no, that's extremely dangerous. And I explained to my friend, and I said, that's not extremely dangerous because this has been in the market for 40 years. I've been giving to billions kids, you know. Yeah. So we would have a lot of problems by now. So I mean, even doctors just just repeating the official version. Yeah, it's 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 amazing to me, Daniel. I'm going to give uh, Doctor Bowden here a chance to to respond. I want to thank you for uh, jumping on with us. What do you like? What are some of the other things? Obviously, if if his dose is too low, that's why his ivermectin didn't work. Um, are there other things? It sounds like he's dealing with a cough and 
maybe some breathing issues there from the phone. What other things should Daniel be looking at? Well, I mean, I think it's not too late to get monoclonal antibodies. Okay. There's a website called infusioncenter.org, and it will tell you where you can get monoclonal antibodies in your area. Okay. I think um, I would try to get an inhaler at a minimum or a nebulizer with some breathing treatments to help open up your airways. Um, I would look on the FLCCC's website to look at all the vitamin recommendations, all the things that you can take um, that you don't need a prescription for. Um, so those, that's where I would start. You might consider IV fluids. It may be that your back is hurting because you're dehydrated. Um, and I don't, you can, you know, you can look at your urine if it's really dark, if your mouth feels dry. Um, and, you know, if you've had a fever, if you've been sick, it's not uncommon to get dehydrated pretty quickly. And <clears throat> were you surprised at all that the doctors are sitting there telling patients that it's horse medication? <laughs> I could see you rolling your eyes there. Me of ignorance and just not, you know, it is exactly what Daniel said. It'd be one thing if they had had experience using it and they mm-hmm. saw that it didn't work. Mm-hmm. But to just get this knee jerk response based on what stupid CNN is saying is absolutely that's malpractice. It, well, that it, sh- it shows you just how corruptible this whole process is. is. That's that's the lens that I look through it. I'm like, we're just seeing. The medical system tear itself apart here because people can see this we can hear about the success stories in india i know there's still debate over whether ivermectin was actually in the kits or not i i think it was you know it shows a pretty stark turnaround and then they stopped and then it came back and then they started again and it's gone i i, I yeah it's I, I don't know what the answer is but uh I think it's people who are willing to step outside of the current system and try and work as best they can under the framework that they that they have. And, and I think that's what you're doing, and I applaud you for it. Well, it's just, it's my nature. I'm kind of, <laughs> it's not, it's for better or worse. It's yeah. Okay. Uh, let me see. Is there anything else you want to uh, cover here? You want to wrap up? There, there's some questions in the chat I can ask you if you like. Yeah, I'm happy to answer questions. Okay. Someone's saying, is Dr. Mary frustrated with other doctors? I had bad congestion and the doctor says I have asthma. I got Abutrol and helped me some and I got Ativar now. It helps. Um, someone's asking, would menthol crystals help in hot water to open airways. I know you have this salt cave thing, which I found was very interesting. Do you want to talk about that and tell them what salt does in the lungs? And I'm kind of a salt fanatic. <laughs> I think <laughs> okay. sinus rinses of your nose cures okay. everything. I mean, but I think they're. I think if people wash their nose the way they brush their teeth, there'd be a lot less issues in terms of having to go to the doctor and. It, the data on on iodine and how it's helping with COVID is amazing. I mean, there's lots of really good data, and you can use it as a mouthwash, a dilute. You know, you don't want to just stick a bottle, you know, betadine in your mouth, but if you okay. dilute betadine and gargle with it, and you can put a couple drops of betadine or iodine in your salt 
water rinses. Okay, wait, that, uh, is that like the little balloon thing and I'm literally shooting salt, warm salt water in my nose? That's what you want me to do? Yes, great. Oh, it's a game changer. It, I don't know. That doesn't sound like very much fun. No, people who do it. I mean, you must not have sinus problems, but... I, well, have- I, I got hit by a tree and almost knocked out. Oh. Or, or almost probably I'm lucky I didn't get killed or paralyzed or something. And so I've got like back problems that act up and it's very strange when it starts coming on, I will get one side stopping up in my nose. So maybe that's something I, and I, I, now I take CBD oil and that kind of, it doesn't, I've been in the, the ER a couple of times where they shoot me up with tram, like their migraine cocktail because my my muscles in my neck get so tight that my heart's pumping and it just radiates pain through my head. And I'm like on the floor crying basically. Um, so, but I take CBD oil and that backs it way down to where it's really not a problem, but that's something I have noticed that sinuses is definitely the on one of the early warning signs that I look for. So I need to be doing this then. Do you take magnesium? Magnesium, yes, it's in my okay. it's in my toolkit. I I take a, a a lot, way too many vitamins. So you can it, mag. I'm a huge fan of magnesium too. Okay. Because during all four pregnancies, I had sleeping issues. It, well, I didn't. It, well, no, during my first pregnancy, I had bad sleeping issues. My legs would cramp up, and it, when I start when I realized I started taking magnesium, and it was like magic. I, mean, I slept better. My legs up cramping up it keeps you regular but it can also help with migraines and any kind of muscle tension and that sort of thing okay and a lot of people now, are depleted one of the things i take uh almost nightly is anywhere from like 25 to 35 uh uh grams or i think it's milligrams of um uh, melatonin and then i'll take four grams of not ni- a flush niacin that hits you all at once and causes the thermic response and then I go to sleep. Before you go to bed? Yes. And I, and the, the niacin kind of helps uh, smooth it out. It was worse the first time. It's not so bad once you do it regularly. Um, but that has really helped with my sleep. But I also, I had an incident where we had a freeze in Dallas and I was running around in different apartments around a bunch of construction workers and in and out of different spaces and, and it's water damage. So there's mold and all that. Um, and I think I got either spike protein exposure or maybe even MRNA exposure from somebody that was maybe freshly vaccinated and my ear stopped up. I had other issues that we won't even go into. Uh, but when I started taking the niacin, I could feel this, I think the second or third time, and this was after months of my ear being completely stopped with wax and trying to get it out and all that. I could feel my heartbeat on my eardrum and the next day it cleared. So it's, it's been a, it's supposed there's this guy, Dimitri, who's a researcher and scientist and he reads a lot of these studies and he's been very fascinated with the fact that smokers don't get COVID uh, or get COVID at much lower rates. And he talks about the, I think it's nicotinamide or niacinamide or something that's, the nicotine gets broken down to in the lungs. And uh, he thinks that 
flushed niacin and the melatonin are kind of breaking down and doing that same process and providing a lot of benefits. And that's another one that people in my audience have tried and they're having some success with as well. So I'll look into that. Okay, good. Uh, Let me see. Sam, please let her know we appreciate her speaking out publicly and hope more doctors and professionals across the board do the same. I couldn't agree more. Um, Any ideas on where to go in the U.S. to get ivermectin? I know Frontline Doctors has telemedicine. You do that as well, right? That's only for Texas, though? Okay. But are there other, what's the, what's the best route? Um, I know we talked to the pharmacist in Colorado who quit. And one of the things she kind of clued us into is if the pharmacy asks, what's it for? You tell them, oh, I have some kind of parasite infection because they won't prescribe it. If you tell them it's for COVID. Oh my God. I, (laughs) the pharmacies, the CVS. Well, okay. Yeah. And after this, I have, Something I want to say, but okay. CVS, Walgreens, HEB, Kroger, all those places are just, yeah, you can't, I mean. They're not stocking it, so they can say, well, we're just out of no, it, sorry. They're, well, but there's all sorts of laws that they're not abiding by, mm. um, but there's, yeah, so <laughs> I'm trying to get my patients to boycott all these places and take their business to independent pharmacies. Okay that are not. So there, there's clue number one, don't go to one of the big box pharmacy stores, find an independent that will probably be much more amenable to prescribing this to you in the first place. I mean, I think there's ways that we can all fight back without launching some massive war. You know, I think we need to all check our, you know, most of us have a retirement fund with Mm -hmm. mutual funds, check and make sure you don't have stock in Pfizer. I had to, asked my mutual fund person four times to remove Pfizer from my mutual funds. Like, so check and make sure you're not holding stocks in companies that you don't believe in. Yeah. Um, don't, don't cater to businesses that behave like this, like the CVS, Walgreens, even Amazon made a blanket statement. They're not going to dispense ivermectin. Um, you know, don't for my business, I was using, ads for Facebook and Instagram, no more, you know, because they're so, mm-hmm. the censorship has gotten out of control. But there's things that we can all do, just fight back, you know, little things. And if we all do something little like that, then we can hit them in their pocketbooks. Which yes. Is what they all deserve. Yeah, we need to be a bunch of hornets stinging them and flying away, yeah. you know, and just create such a mess that they, they have to back down. And I think that's what's coming, I think, is, as people become aware of just what's been done to us over the last couple of years that they're, they're waking up in, in numbers. Okay. You said there was something else you wanted to mention? Oh, that was it. My, I get okay. my soapbox about selling their stock and all that. That's what I wanted. <laughs> yeah. I saw that you had the hashtag sell Pfizer constantly on Twitter. I know. I'm trying to create a me too movement, but sell Pfizer. <laughs> but. I, Okay, let me see. Yeah, someone's mentioning the 2015 Nobel Peace Prize for curing river blindness. And like Merck gave out millions of doses and it was safe and effective. So uh, can any histamine treat COVID or no? Someone's asking. Uh, it's not, it wouldn't hurt to add it. As, but not as simple as that. 
Right. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Uh, get a navage and clear your sinuses. She is right. Someone's telling me. So. Naj, yeah. Naj. Okay. Yeah. Navage. I've heard, I've heard mixed reviews on Navage though. Okay. I mean, I don't have one, but I I feel like it might be hard to use at home, or I guess what I just haven't gotten great feedback on it. Okay. But, I will, I'll try that and report back to my audience how it works. Um, I heard povidone iodine nasal spray for prevention and treatment. Is that, that was just a general question. Okay. And, uh, yep. You just answer. Well, the only thing with the iodine, you wouldn't want to do it if you're pregnant because um, okay. it can suppress your thyroid. Okay. So that's okay. a side effect, but. If you do too much. Uh, someone's saying, Dr. Mary, a doctor from Africa discovered that antihistamines actually treat COVID and can cure it. Mm, okay, I'd want to see a study. Uh, have you heard anything about this or have any info on how this might work or might not work? I'm going to, I'd have to research Pat, that. Yeah, that, I think that's a little too nebulous to really answer on. Uh, yeah, okay. Can Dr. Mary be my doctor? I love everything she says. <laughs> well, yeah, I think you'd have to be in Texas, and she's in Houston, for those of you that want to find her. Uh, your website is, what is it, SleepMD or? MD. BreatheMD. BreatheMD, yes, thank you. So you can go look her up and see all the treatments and get in touch for those of you that want to. Okay, Dr. Bowden, thank you. I appreciate you coming on and taking the time out of your evening. Um, any any final thoughts, uh, wisdom you want to impart on the listeners? So more people will rise up and, and fight back because it's getting out of control. It is. It is. So it's getting dangerous. They're coming for our kids at this point, and uh, that needs just, to be a red line. I, I know that's that a big is, deal with the FL, what is it, FLL, FLDCC FLL. or whatever. Thank you. <laughs> I know that's one of their red lines and it is for me too. Cause. Uh, yeah. It's, that's just, that just breaks my heart. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Thank you for joining us. I appreciate it. And audience, thank you for the questions and commentary and so forth. We'll catch y'all next broadcast. Hang on just a second.
I just keep on buying Why they telling me to sell The whole world gonna be shocked When XRP break out his shell And that's when we prevail XRP taking the lead Come equipped with institutional speed XRP giving the go to proceed Don't listen to FUD I know they mislead Try to sell them But I know they don't care ODL Don't nothing compare Back in the day I was willing to share Now I don't have any left to spare Saw some liquidity on demand Try to tell them But they don't understand Holding my ledger right hand My hand See the signs It was already planned Digital economy It's already here I'm talking about the moon They think I majored in astrology Haters talking trash I think they majored in garbology Focus on my future So I invest in technology Number one is where we ranking come on and if you don't have xrp then i do not know what you thinking ah. this the time this the year this the place to be how strong all day long doing it faithfully Dude. keep their negative energy far away from me it's not our fault that we seeing something that you can't see i got my hands on some all demand liquidity ODL. and i'ma hold on to it now into infinity this the greatest road transfer the world will ever see but i'm not talking i'm about to go buy me more xrp because i'm xrp for well i'm xrp for life and that's forever can't you tell i just keep on buying why they telling me to sell the whole world gonna be shocked when xrp break out its shell and that's when we prevail i'm xrp for well i'm xrp for life and that's forever can't you tell? I just keep on buying why they telling me to sell. The whole world gonna be shocked when XRP break out of shell, and that's when we prevail. Ow. I'm XRP for well. XRP for well, I'm XRP for life and that's forever, can't you tell, can't you tell?